This is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All for the glory of God. A journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There really is hope for everyone. Hey, welcome everyone. We are your hosts, Keith and Kara. And we are so grateful to spend some time with you. Would you say hello, Kara? Uh, hi. Thanks for joining us today. That's right. We want to say thank you to all the listeners thus far. This has been a social experiment for us, and we're so grateful for all the subscribers and those who have rated, and we just want to say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I have a question for you, though. Yes. What's your question? What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you on the stage? Oh, come on. (laughs) You didn't prepare me for this. (laughs) That question comes out of a conversation we had yesterday in the car as Kara was expressing how stressful it is to be on stage because people are looking at you. So how well, do you... someone had made a comment about jeans oh, that, that's right. that I had, had holes in them. That's right. It was a comment on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it was a compliment to a message that Kara and I co, uh, co-led, co-shared. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this particular person, you can tell, was of an older generation. I'm going to guess baby boomer or older. And she said, oh, wonderful message. Really enjoyed it. And then she made this little uh, comment about you need to buy your wife some jeans without holes or (laughs) maybe even some slacks without holes, something like that. Right. So that led to the conversation of how stressful it is to be on stage because people analyze you, you know, and then you told me a story. Yeah. I I shared with Kara that I have to worry about this every week. How do I uh, dress in such a way as to not grab attention to myself, but then also something that complements something on a screen, meaning doesn't clash with the background. And it can be a little stressful. And I share just a number of different stories that I, I usually check my, my fly, my zipper about three times before I open my mouth. Uh, I, I literally do. And I, I, I turn usually and check it with my hand uh, quickly, uh, like a ninja. I, I've gotten to be almost like a... Um, I don't know, like the Navy SEAL of checking my zipper um, before I speak, because I have preached with my zipper down. Yes, you have. Uh, I have, and but I, I told you of a story recently, about three or four weeks ago. I was starting to preach. I was at the beginning of my sermon, and I stepped on my shoelace <laughs> and untied my shoe. <laughs> Unknowingly, I stepped on it with my left foot, and I took a step with my right foot and untied my shoe, and I was debating in my head, whether or not do I tell everyone, hey, I just untied my shoe. <laughs> do you all mind if I pause for a second and tie my shoe or what? And then I wondered if people in the first few rows saw me do that because it, it felt like it to me. I mean, like I, people must have saw me just untie my shoe. And then I did not say anything, Kara. I did not say anything about untying my shoe. But throughout the rest of the sermon, every time I took a step, the shoe continued to get looser and looser. So my left shoe was snug. My right shoe was loose. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm trying to be faithful to just preaching the word. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm having a self-dialogue with myself. So I'm actually surprised you didn't say something because you're, you're yeah. pretty good at um, 
in the moment, you know, making something that's really awkward feel a little bit less awkward. Yes. It's different at different times. And yeah. so I, I would not say that was like the most embarrassing moment having my shoe untied. Um, but I've definitely had embarrassing moments. I, I shared with you recently, this is just past Sunday. It's really embarrassing when I say something theologically wrong and either I mm. realize it a few minutes later or I process it afterwards, or I even listen to myself and said, what was I thinking? You know, I'm one that processes out loud. I usually speak before I think. And, and so sometimes I just say something wrong and I don't mean what I say. I just mm -hmm. said it wrong. And this past Sunday, I said something along the lines of regarding the 10th and final plague of uh, God on Pharaoh in Egypt. I said, you know, the final plague was the spirit of death, that you had to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your home, or else the spirit of death would come in and kill the youngest child. And then immediately, I, I, I like saw a group of young adults like start to whisper to each other, almost as if like he said something wrong. And it like dawned on me, it's not the youngest child, it was the firstborn yeah. child. And at this point, it was like a, a minute or two after I had said it. So to correct myself would have been weird, mm -mm. but it literally played in my mind. Like, well, those young adults aren't coming back to church if the pastor can't even right. get something theologically right. And so it's, I would say that's embarrassing, but that's not the first time I've done that. You know, I've gotten Noah and uh, Lot wrong before. I've said mm -hmm. things wrong. And those things, it's crazy. Like, cause this, this Sunday, I'm going to start a new series in Timothy mm -hmm. and I'm opening 2 Timothy 1, and Paul's word to Timothy is, um, he said, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but mm. of power, love, and self-control. I like how the King James Version says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that spirit of fear will get in your head and replay it, where you just don't even want to preach again. Yeah. And I love preaching, by the way. I love it. It's actually the favorite part of my job. I, I don't necessarily like the counseling or the shepherding. It's not that I don't like it per se, but my favorite part of what I do as a pastor is preaching. Mm -hmm. But yet it's weird um, and embarrassing and crazy when you say something wrong. And you've gotten experience that experience in that. Re you have gotten to experience that recently as you shared the stage with me and you let me know just the weight of not wanting to say something wrong yeah. and wanting to give God the glory yeah. and um, point people to the person, Jesus Christ. And uh, you shared with me a story that we heard at a conference recently Yeah, that was an encouragement to you. It was. It was um, a pretty well-known pastor who shared. It, it, it spoke very deeply to me <laughs> regarding this subject specifically because he, he talked about when he was leading a church, I believe mm -hmm. he, he may have planted the church. He, um, he was leading a church and he was leading them through or into and through a, a capital campaign mm -hmm. to fundraise money for a, maybe a building or something. And anyway, long story short is he preached an entire message, the message that he launched the campaign asking for millions of dollars and he, he preached the wrong person <laughs> in the narrative. <laughs> he dramatically dramatically told us about the sermon, how he just preached this with all his might about Moses leading the people around Jericho yeah. and how Moses had to hear from God and Moses had to right. step out on faith and Moses did it. And what would have happened if Moses didn't walk around those walls of Jericho <laughs> and praise be to God that Moses did walk around those walls. And right. then Moses told the people to shout and then the walls of Jericho came down and his wife was leading worship that Sunday and she walked up past him when he, and when he finished the sermon, the worship team, the music team was getting on stage and she walked past him. And do you remember what she said to him? I don't. She said I'm sure she pointed it out. She said something along the lines of, she whispered into his ear, uh, 
Moses didn't walk around the walls yeah, of Jericho. Right? Joshua did. Yeah. And then she went and led the last yeah. song. And it, He was mortified. Him. He was. It was like instantly. But the cool thing that he wrapped that story around so powerfully because the cool thing was that they, I mean, they, they were successful in their capital campaign. Like it, it did not stop the, the work of God, which is such a beautiful picture to Amen. me that no matter, even if we mess up, Amen. it's in spite of us that God moves. Yes. I stand in full agreement that... The church is going to survive and thrive with or without us. Yes, yes. It is not contingent on us saying the right things. Right, being absolutely. Theologically perfect every single time we open our mouths. In fact, I believe God would honor a step of faith more than getting every single story right. Oh, I agree completely. The Bible is filled with 66 books. Some of them are incredibly deep. I mean, the yeah. book of Isaiah is 66 chapters. I mean, you just go to books like lamentations or into the Torah, like, you know, Deuteronomy or Leviticus. I mean, those are some complicated books. Like we can't remember every person and get it right every single time. And oftentimes it's not even on purpose. It's like, we know the story. It's just, we, you know, it's in the moment. Yeah. You say the wrong thing sometimes. Right. I'm preaching multiple services a day. And oftentimes I get sidetracked right before I get up to preach Someone sees me and they get a, an opportunity to yeah. say something and pastor, can I, and then yeah. fill in the blank. They confess a great sin right before I walk and say, pastor, I want to meet with you because, and then they, they throw you for a loop or yeah. pastor, let me tell you what's wrong with the church right now. What's what you're doing wrong. You know? So sometimes those things happen just seconds before I have to step on stage. I mean, I've had some weird things said to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I told you this is a recent one and I don't know if this person is going to listen to this podcast or not, but we try not to say names on here, but I was worshiping. I had my hands raised. This person tapped me on the shoulder, said, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. So I stopped and gave him my attention. And during worship, music is blasting in the background. People are praising God. And he said, hey, uh, I, I need my, uh, my money back. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Well, I gave, I gave money to the church and I need that back. I'm like, well, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. Give me the context. And he says, well, I was, you know, I don't remember exactly how he worded it because you and I were just talking about cannabis and marijuana the other day, how the word cannabis is so much more politically correct than marijuana. But Mm. he told me something along the lines of I was smoking marijuana and I was high and I gave all my money Mm. and I need it back. And I'm like, oh man, are you kidding me? Is this conversation happening right In the middle of praise and worship at a church service, like Mm. this could have been done any of the other six days a week, but it happens on the Lord's day. Like, Hey, I gave money because I was high and I want it back. And needless to say, we gave him back all of his money. Not on a Sunday. I told him, I don't touch the money. I don't have anything to do with that. I'll get you to the right people. But no, there's just weird things that will happen on a Sunday. And what happens then is the enemy is real. Ephesians six tells us that he schemes against us. Peter tells us that he's, he's roaring around like a lion. He's prouncing around looking for a chance to devour. devour us. And so he looks for chances to get in our head. And I think those embarrassing moments always after the fact are easier to laugh about. But in the moment, they're horrifying. Yeah. They're not embarrassing. They're like the enemy uses it as a foothold to get in your head, yep. make, question your ability. You're calling right. and so forth. But I'm so grateful, as we just mentioned. It's not about getting every plague right, whether it was the youngest child or oldest child, or whether it was Moses that walked around the walls or Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've said many other things wrong before, but 
the one thing I try to get right every single week is to point people to the person Jesus yes. Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, that we are saved by grace through faith. Yeah. And, you know, we, we right now, i just so grateful because people get saved every week. And yeah. in that sermon that I'm talking about just last Sunday, where I got it wrong, people got saved. Yeah. So it wasn't a matter right? of me getting, you know, every detail right. Exactly. It was, what's, what matters is that people know the Lord Jesus. They, they give their lives to Jesus as the Savior of their soul. And that changes everything. Yeah. It, it changes yeah. everything. Absolutely. Well, on another note, Kara, I just thought this is what was in my mind this week in terms of just talking about the weirdness of what happens at church is we, we get to see the circle of life. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if we were in the shoe business, we would sell shoes. If we were in the car business, we would sell cars. If we were in the real estate business, which is what you're in, <laughs> you sell houses. Yeah. What I mean by that is once you make a transaction, you're typically done yeah, with yeah. your client, your customer, mm-hmm. and so forth. Church is so unique in that, uh, and at Journey Church, we're extremely diverse, Yeah, at least as diverse as our community can be. Uh, of all people, socioeconomic, uh, that, that is social status and economic status, and uh, all, all ages, I believe is the most diverse age place on the planet. I mean, yeah. we've got everything from newborn babies mm-hmm. to people in their nineties that call journey church, their home yep. and then, uh, everything in between. Yeah. Young adults, teenagers, uh, families, uh, man, widowed, everything in between yeah. everything. And the weird part about it is so let's see, two weeks ago we did baptisms and you talked about in the last podcast, just, a really cool family that dedicated their children and the oh, Lord yeah. and then got baptized and then they dedicated their lives and yep. the Lord. So yep. it was uh, mom and dad saying, we want to make sure to raise our kids. Right. And then they said, we want to be right with the Lord. Yes. And they, they took the step of being some baptism. And we do, we have, we have child dedications all the time at journey church. We do not baptize children at journey. Um, we dedicate them unto the Lord. Um, just as Jesus was dedicated in, uh, Luke chapter two, um, but then we also have elderly and then everything in between. And what I mean by that is just in the last week, we had two saints at Journey Church pass away. Mm-hmm. One was on Friday and then one was on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, both people whom I love mm. and both were surprises. I don't know. I say surprises, meaning um, you didn't see it coming. You know, we we are all going to die. Right. Well, I mean, what a reminder of that, right? Yes. I, I try to joke about that at church sometimes just to break the ice. Yeah. That statistically speaking, all of us are going to die unless Jesus returns first. But it is never easy when someone does. Yeah. It's, it's never easy. And um, it's been a harsh reminder of just that weird circle of life of watching people give their kids to the Lord because raising children is incredibly difficult and we need God's help. Then seeing people take steps of obedience, teenagers, young adults, and the alike. And then all of a sudden to realize that life is so short. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the, the older woman who died. Yeah. So she um, stepped into my life the last few years. I mean, probably the last year and a half or so, um, the church she was attending shut down over COVID. Oh, I didn't and know that. Yeah, they, um, I don't, 
know how to best put church mm-hmm. closing its doors, but they no longer met. They yeah. no longer were meeting. So the sheep had to find a new home. And she was one of those. And she was a saint from the moment she came to the church. You know, the Bible says that in Jesus, we are saints, meaning set apart. And she would um, give me words of encouragement, affirmations. Um, She would literally ask to pray for me. And sometimes when people say that, it's weird. And I've actually been learning lately. If I don't know you, I actually don't need you to pray for me because... um, in person because with hands. Yeah. I just want to build a a, a trust equity first because I don't know what you're going to say or what you're going to pass on to me. So, but I I did get to know her. She did lay hands on me and pray for me almost every Sunday. And she was what I called her was my Elijah. And there's been a couple of people, ironically, (laughs) both of them women, um, who I called Elijah, meaning my prophet in my life, who spoke the promises of God, the boldness of God, mm-hmm. a prophetic word into my life at just the right time. And she was one of those characters. Yeah, I mean, I remember before we went on sabbatical, which we've talked thoroughly about, um, it was it was a season of, of us just kind of crashing and burning. And she would regularly, like, Every Sunday, yes. practically, she would hand you a piece of paper that was just ripped. It was just a tattered paper, yes. napkin, whatever it was. Yeah, receipt, napkin. Yeah. Any, any piece of paper she could find on her purse. Yeah. And it would have, typically it would have three words of encouragement mm-hmm. or actually just words. Like yes. sometimes it was just prophetic words that really spoke very deeply to us yep. in the moment. Sound as crazy as that sounds. Yes. Um, I mean, it happened regularly with her. Yeah. For a while, it was almost every week. She would give me a piece of paper with three words. Then sometimes she would write a description in one or two sentences. Not long, ever. But they were profound because they often had to do with where I was at in my soul, where we were at in our marriage, um, where our family was at. Mm -hmm. And they always aligned with God's word. And they were just encouragement. They were um, exhorting. They were just words of affirmation. I didn't realize the power at the time. They were just like nuggets of health. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just like and a it, boost to, of, and it was to me also a, um, it was a boost of encouragement. It was also just a little, just just like just God whispering to us. It, it was like a, a direct message almost. Yes. This is what God wants you to yes. know, or this is what God wants you to hear. And this woman, uh, she was on our prayer team uh, up until recently. She had some health issues. Uh, she battled depression even, which is so sad because she has so much to offer, yet um, depression was holding her back from stepping into that promise Mm. and power. And she was very meek. She was small in stature. She was mighty. Yeah. She was a mighty warrior of God. And uh, it wasn't just me when um, she passed away. Pastor Noah, who's our pastor of care at Journey Church, and I were talking about her. And I was telling Noah, this woman spoke into my life in such powerful, incredible ways. And he says, oh, really? Because she did in my life as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you won't believe this. Like, I was questioning my calling. I was questioning just what God was doing in my life. And I'm paraphrasing. So yeah. I don't know if I can get this exact. But he was just telling me this. And as he was wrestling with this in his own heart, no one knew about this. She came up with one of those same papers to mm-hmm. Pastor Noah. It was one of our like connection cards. And on the back, she drew an image. And she never drew me an image, but she drew an image. It looked almost like a steeple of a church, like a roof line. And at the top of it, she didn't connect it. It was like two lines that went like a roof. And at the top, there was a cross. And then inside the cross, she wrote the word home. 
H-O-M-E in each of the boxes of the cross, like mm-hmm. on each corner of the cross. H-O-M-E. So like the church is home. You could imply that however you want. But this is what he said to me is the only word God affirmed to him as he was wrestling with. I don't know. If, I, again, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing this. I don't know if I'm called to this. I don't know what God's doing in my life or whatever. The one word that he just kept sensing the impression in his heart was the word home. He just kept wow. thinking home. And then wow. she comes and slips this paper like God is giving him an affirmation. Yeah. And uh, he is reassuring him. I am with you. I am for you. Yep. You are called. And I don't know. I didn't even ask Pastor Noah all the details, but maybe this was God affirming him. No, the church is home. Yeah. You are where yeah. you're supposed to be. And that's the beauty of, of exercising our spiritual gifts um, to edify each other, of, of um you know, being faithful and giving prophetic words to people yes. because they really are meaningful. You never know how you're going to build somebody up. Yeah. It's just, just the, right, the time, right time. What they're going through, what they're struggling yeah. through. I mean, that reminds me too. We used to get letters in the mail, mm-hmm. um, leading up to our sabbatical when again, we were pretty much, we were just fatigued and yes. letters in the mail weekly from handwritten letters from so people weird. in the snail yes, mail yes. that essentially was just encouraging us, Amen. It, particularly you and, and, yes. Some of them just practically flat out begging you, <laughs> do not leave this region. Yeah. This region needs you. It was yeah. so interesting because nobody nobody knew what we were no. privately struggling with. Nobody. We were not in a place where we were not publicly saying it because there is a place where, um, you know, you, you wrestle with stuff with the Lord privately and you try to lead well. And that was a season for us that we were in a low season, but we were not leading out of that. Yes. Um, dark place we were in so we were doing the best we could with what god gave us and you're right like i'm not even sure who some of those people were um some of those letters were anonymous some were not so they could have been angels oftentimes i can tell generationally where who somebody is number one by getting something in the mail yeah number two is just through the handwriting Mm -hmm. um when i get cursive letters which you know we get letters about once a week and um yeah i just I could tell that they were of a generation. And I, I don't know. Yeah, someone was prompted by the Holy Spirit to write us those letters. At the time, it was confusing. Yeah. Because it was like, like, God. Yeah, I'm like, Lord, I don't even have the energy to lead right now. I don't feel equipped, empowered, called right now. I, I don't, none of those things might even speak it. Because when you're in a dark place, you can't even articulate yeah. it. But yes, God used the right people at the right time. Now looking back. I can look back and say, yes, God sent prophets and people he did. and prayer warriors, intercessors totally. uh, to come into our lives. And if you don't know what any of those words mean, you can just be affirmed that you're not alone. God is using people in your life that if you look back and God gives you that revelation, you will see that he will affirm people. And yes. some of those letters were weird, Kara, because they were literally um, petitioning and pleading saying, God has called you to this region of Central Oregon, to Bend, Oregon, and we need you. You're doing something so unique. Yeah. And it was like, I I didn't even want to receive that. Oh, yeah. Uh, We read it and just set set them aside. Yes, because I was hurting in my soul, and I was discouraged. I was defeated, and I was like, I I was ready just to throw in the towel and and go to an easier place. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know this, but wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) And so for all those people out there that think moving or changing jobs or changing spouses or 
moving geographically is just going to make your life easier. That's a lie of the enemy. Yes. Sometimes God has put you in a difficult place for a reason. Absolutely. And this life is short. That's actually the lie. I feel like that's, a, that's been a lie that, um, or, or something, something that's not true that's been perpetuated through the church is that if it's hard, it's not of God. Mm-hmm. And I firmly disagree with that. No, I, I uh, with <laughs> agree with you and disagree with those who say, man, if you're uncomfortable, then yeah. maybe God's calling you to a, a greater place of comfort. Yeah. Uh, so, no. Sometimes, where, t- show me in scripture where it says that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes God is calling us to suffer. Uh, Paul told the Philippians, he says, I want to know Christ and, yeah. and the power of his resurrection and share in his sufferings. Yes. As, as we're getting into second Timothy this summer, it's all about suffering. Yeah. And Paul says, you need to be like a soldier that's going into war. You need to be yeah. like a farmer that has to till the soil. Absolutely. You, I mean, he, he tells us you will be persecuted for godliness. Yes. So if you're not persecuted, according to second Timothy three, maybe you're not, I, this is, I just, I'm not judging you. Okay. I am judging you, but maybe you're not godly right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're seeking comfort. I'm just saying at the end of the day, what I've come to realize in my life and where we are, and I just want to be where God's called us. And right now he's called us right where we are. I want to see our job as a, as a missionary position. Yeah. I've told you this, that, you know, for those who were called into the missions field of places like r- remote regions of Africa, you know, when, when you go out into a, a remote village, there's nothing easy about that. No running water, no showers, yeah. no comfort, no, uh, no future of the unknown. When you, you go to Asia or India or, um, all those remote, um, uh, islands yeah you know i'm thinking of papua new guinea Mm. there's no comfort in that you are called as a missionary to go and i believe that god is calling us to a place where it might be difficult but if you're called you've got to stay yeah absolutely maybe that's your home your workplace I'm, i'm not for clarification saying god wants us to ever be abused or used or misused or any of those things but what i am saying is when we suffer for the sake of jesus christ sometimes we can actually see we are right where God wants us to be. And we need to figure out our Sabbath to go get restored. Absolutely. Uh, And we need to figure out how to be um, like Jesus and spending time with the Father, getting away, learning his rhythms, learning from Jesus, Matthew chapter 11. Yeah, all of those things. And And these seasons are, they're refining seasons. I mean, I really see them as God... um, working to refine us on on very deep levels yes um and you know maybe even testing seasons you know from him i don't know but um, but they're 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 refining and um we have choices to make through those type of seasons right it's it's we we lean into god and his refining um or we lean into our own comforts and you know that's our that's on us let's go for the leaning into the lord proverbs 3 5 let's trust the lord with all of our hearts And let's lean not on our own understanding because that's in a place where we will step into a powerful place of allowing God to do the work, something we could never do on our own. And then then we can be confident that one day when we see the Lord, as Jesus said, we can have, we can hear those words well done right that's good and faithful servant yeah this conversation has just really reminded me that our lives are so short i mean talking about these saints that passed away i mean we we also you know before our sabbatical you know had to walk through a a season of a a 17 year old who was very close to our family yes like a family member um pass away and it's just 
it's such a reminder that life is so short mm -hmm. and we, we have such a very, a short time, you know, here to make a difference and, Amen. and we need to go after it with, with all we have. We need to get yes. in the game, yes. get off the sidelines yes. and get in the game. I, I stand in agreement. You know, the saint we're talking about the pathway Friday was in our early seventies. Um, I don't know how old the saint was on Sunday. He, I'm, I'm going to guess maybe early sixties. Yeah. Um, and he was so excited. We did a prayer walk on Sunday night at the, the church property. We own 38 acres that were seeking the Lord and um, the direction that God would be glorified in it. And he built churches for a living. Mm -hmm. And his wife told me he was so excited to go to that mm. prayer walk and he did not get to go. No, he passed away um, before it. Yes, he, he died. Suddenly. Um, I mean, suddenly. suddenly. It, yeah, he was working on his deck, finishing a deck project, cutting wood suddenly and to your point whether you're 17 or you're 70 life is is short like compared to eternity we're going to get there and realize it's as james is a vapor yes uh, it's it's short it's like a breath it's we, we need to make the most of our lives yes. and god's word is great whether you're seven years old you're 17 mm -hmm. years old or you're 70 years old so what we ought to be doing is getting in god's word obeying god's word and saying god make the most of my life yeah whether i'm writing three words on a piece of paper handing them to yep. someone or whether i'm on the stage saying something wrong because i just want to boldly yeah. try to get the word out the gospel out to as many people as possible yeah or i or make i make the most or i'm called i'm called to africa and i need Come to go on, spend my life in africa yes. because that's where i'm called yes and and you don't have to have all of the answers Abraham didn't know where he was going. God just said, go, and Abraham did it. Yes. He got up and he went. And Hebrews chapter 11 said it was commended to him. Mm. He, he, he was a man of faith because he just went because God says go. And so wherever we are today, we don't have to have the answers. We don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, the truth is we will never have this life figured right? out. If you're waiting for all the answers, no. you won't. No. You're going to get them in eternity. And even then, I don't even think we're going to care about the answers anymore. Uh, absolutely. We're just going to get to see the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Heaven's going to be so great, friends. Let's start living for it now. Let's not live for the things of this world. And that, that doesn't matter if you're a baby or a toddler or a teenager because this is a circle of life. I mean, you mm. know, I think it's in Job that says we, we, we came out of the dust and yeah. to the dust we return. And some of that is turned into ritual. And um, we, we hear it at a, you know, a graveyard service, uh, you know, yeah. when someone um, is buried. But I tell you, uh, we need to cling to the promises of God and realize that we're not made for this life. We're made for right. eternal life. Right. And uh, our bodies are just mere tents. And what's inside of us is something so much greater. And I, I just want to live for that today, Kara. Yeah, I think we need to really take time to reflect on mm -hmm. uh, the things that actually matter mm -hmm. um, and pour our life into it. I agree. And I want to just speak that out loud over our kids. You know that we've got three teenagers. And when you're young, you often think that, man, you've got your whole life ahead of you. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, we're in our 40s, and so people in your 40s, when you're teenagers, that's so old. Right. That's so old. <laughs> I think they think we're so old. My son just thinks I'm like, he thinks I hung out with Moses. <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> he asks me about Abraham sometimes. I have to remind him, I was born in the 70s, so, you know. But I, I will just say this, if we can just give our kids a revelation that the life we have right now is a precious life, it's a gift from God, 
and that we're to live for the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. That, that, that's what I want. So listeners, if you're a person of prayer, would you pray for my kids that they just get that revelation? They know mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. I just want them to make the most of their lives. Yeah. I pray that over you today, wherever you are, whether you're in your car right now or you're on a run or you're at work or in your home, I pray you would make the most of your life mm-hmm. right where you are. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. In God's eyes, you're just a child. There's no old with God. You try to explain to God that an 88-year-old is, is old. God's going to say, uh-uh. Right. No way, Jose. Yeah. I've got a great plan for you. Go get started. Well, it's just a reminder. So if, if you've done something embarrassing, maybe, maybe it's not even embarrassing. You've done something you're ashamed of, you're embarrassed of. I'll tell you today, you are forgiven in Jesus' name. By the blood of Jesus, you are forgiven. You are born again. God wants you to live the life that he's got planned for you, not yesterday. He wants you to live your life today. Jesus says, don't even worry about tomorrow yeah. for it has enough worries of right. its own. Uh, it says, today has enough worries of its own, so don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. And so I just say, hey, focus on today. Yeah. I've got two, two quick sayings. Neither of them are biblical, but we've said both of these a lot over the last year or so. One is, is focus on today. Uh, I, I, how do we say this? Because I've said it a million times. Uh, <laughs> I can't like think crazy. of what you're saying. Um, uh, I'm going to think of it. I haven't having a brain fart, but I think of it all the time. Like... Uh, just, just focus on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Mm. Just focus on today. Focus on today. Focus on today. Don't worry about yesterday. Focus on today. Mm-hmm. The second one you've been saying a lot recently is mm. why not? Why not? Oh, why not? Yeah. Uh, because if you focus on why, yes, you'll find an excuse why not to do something. Yeah. But when right. you put it in the positive, why, why not? not? Like take take a step of faith. <laughs> yeah. R- risk it. Uh, totally. You know, just so what I would just say is uh, focus on today. Today is enough. Let's just let's worry about today. Let's just focus on today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Yep. Focus on today, and and then the question is, why not? Yeah. So why not go for a walk and spend time with the Lord? Why not get into the Bible, and and just start to pray it, uh, memorize it, get to know God greater? Yeah. Why not take a step of faith? Where are you called? Ask yeah. God. Is it my job right now? Maybe He wants you there right now. Maybe He's t- taking you into a step of faith to do something great. But um, why not? Why not? Why not intercede for, I, for, for people in prayer that need it? Why not? I know what the phrase is. What is it? Just take it one day at a time. Oh. That's a phrase. I just... <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, yeah, you do say that often. I say just one day at a one time. One day at a time. I don't know why I had a brain well, fart. Because I say it to people say at church it all, all the time. all the time. Yeah. And it's because we, we have such a tendency to get way ahead of yeah. ourselves in, in everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. People who fear, and I deal with people with fear all the time. They're yeah. gripped by yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah. They're paralyzed by fear. They're stuck in fear. I don't know. Should I do this? I don't know. I'm yeah. filled with fear. I don't know how this financial breakthrough is going to I don't know how this is going to happen. And my phrase is just take it one day at a time. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of it in the moment, but it's just take it one day at a time. Meaning, okay, you don't know how God's going to do it, but God can do it. He will do Absolutely. it. So if you don't keep your eyes on the Lord, you're going to keep your eyes on the thing that's causing you fear, anxiety, right. all of those other things in this life. So right. take it one day at a time. And then the, the question is, why not? Why not do great things for God right where you yeah, are? Yeah. And my, I, keep thinking, well, I mean, we need to cling to the promises of God. And mm. in order to cling to the promises of God, you have to mm. know the promises of God. So Come we need on. to be in the word. Do it, friends. To know the promises of God, to cling to the promises of God. We step out in faith That's and right. say, God will do it. That's right. I've seen him do it. He'll yes. do it again. Yes. Then he does it again. Yes. <laughs> I would just stand in agreement for anyone listening right now that's not reading the Bible regularly. And what I mean by regularly is every day. You need to at least be in the Bible. It's daily bread. Every day. It's our daily and, bread. And even every day, you don't need to just start with the Bible and not come back to it. Go back to it. 
replay it in your minds. Go back and get into God's word. If you hear something, go look it up again. If you're not in the word, let me encourage you how to do it. Start with a Bible reading plan. So if you have a Bible app, there's like thousands, tens of thousands of Bible reading plans. Go Google Bible reading plan. Uh, many, many people at Journey Church right now, hundreds of people are doing the Bible in a year, which means you read just a small section of scripture, about five to 10 minutes of Bible reading a day, mm-hmm. and you will read through the whole Bible in a year. If you no, do We've it been doing it. Day. It's been great. Yes. And, and we're reading the same thing, which is cool because then we yes. can talk about it. And a bunch of our staff are, we yeah. don't require it with the staff, but it's become a tradition and most of the staff at Journey Church are doing it. And when you do that, you're all reading the same thing where you have something to talk about, like, oh man, Today reminds right. me exactly what we're going through right now yep. or what David did or, yeah. you know, you start to bring out characters and say, yeah. you know, we, you can relate it to your life. So if you're not in the Bible right now, just a practical application and a step for you, just one baby step, go find a Bible reading plan and get in the word. Go let it be a daily bread to your soul and you're going to be nourished. You're going to be fed. Yep. God's going to give you the energy and the sustenance and the promises. He's going to speak to you, friends. But if you're not in the word, uh, you're actually, it's like you're plugging your ears. Uh, you're getting um, And I've been doing it. I've starved. been doing this one with uh, my study Bible, which is mm-hmm. helpful because if there's things that I'm reading that I'm not fully comprehending, okay. it's it's nice to be able to reference the study Bible to, to give it better context and yeah. understand it a little bit because the Bible can be mm-hmm. very confusing. Yeah. So I would highly recommend that. Yeah. Go, go find a study Bible. You can go to Barnes and Noble into the Bible section. You can go on to Amazon. You can go to christianbook.com. Uh, you can just Google study Bible. Uh, Kara's reading out of the NIV. Uh, I read out of the ESV. Those are just simply translation. ESV stands for English Standard Version, and NIV stands for New International Version, um, both of which we would recommend in terms of just uh, practical, easy to read versions of the Bible. Well, friends, we've given you application today. We've told you some of our embarrassing moments. Kara, as we close today, what's one of the most embarrassing things that's oh, happened no. to you? <laughs> I, was, I was ready to say something <laughs> else. <laughs> you were thinking I was going to say give a closing thought? Yeah, yeah, but give some I have words of wisdom. Okay. I have one. Okay, tell us, tell us. Uh, oh, my closing thought would just no, be... No, 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 oh, no. Oh, tell darn. us an embarrassing thing first. That's happened at church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you oh, something of me. My flies down, my shoe undone. Oh. Give us something good. You know, I've also... Um, I've preached with a, a button undone on my shirt. That's yes, happened you a couple have. of times. I have ADDDDDDD. So as I'm buttoning my shirt, if I just start thinking about a squirrel, <laughs> um, I don't even make it all the way to the top or I forget one in the middle or something. I do stuff like that all the time. Um, I, so I, I don't know. You, come on, you got to have something. Embarrassing. I don't know. Yeah, you got your Well, you tell together. me. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> come on, everybody. What have I done that's embarrassing to you? To me? Yeah. Well, I, I've called you up on stage and you've not come. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that was only one. I know that terrifies you. Yeah. I mean, but I'm trying to stretch you out of your comfort that's zone. That's true. You and, are pulling me. And yet at the same time, I want to honor you. And so I just try to lean into right now. Mm, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. God has us in a good season. Yeah. So think about that. Maybe next episode, friends, uh, tune in. This is our <laughs> fifth episode. So join us next time on the sixth episode as you hear Kara's most embarrassing moment. <laughs> At church confessions. I just want to. I also just want to give a shout out to yes. um, our community, our yes. 
uh, our church, the people that make up our church. Amen. Um, we've recently just had some beautiful, encouraging words from people that Amen. are just, uh, they're overwhelmingly um, kind yes. and it's speaking to my soul. So thank Amen. you. Those of you that are actually a part of journey church, I I'm honored that you are on our team yes. and I, I love the team that God's put together. If you've made it this far in the podcast, which we know some people don't, but if you did, yeah. we want to commend you and we want to thank you because uh, it's because of you that we're doing this. This is Confessions of a Pastor where we just want to get relentlessly real. For us, it's actually really free therapy where uh, we just get to get it out. And once it's out, sometimes you get healed. But then as we have, y'all have been encouraging. You've um, you've done some very kind ratings on um, the different podcast platforms. You've sent us very kind text messages, encouraging words on social yeah. media. And because of that, we want to just thank you. Yeah. We've heard those words. We received them. Yeah. We've been built up by your words. You're incredible. You're awesome. Best people ever. Absolutely. We love Journey Church. We're blessed by you. Yes. And when we do confess the relentlessly real, the weird, the wild, and the wonderful, like we did last time, <laughs> it's, it's a reality that we're in this together. We've all got some weird in us. We've all got some ugly in us. We've all um, and fall short of the glory of God. But we're also all on a journey of faith where God is redeeming and restoring. So uh, for that reason, we are all living testimonies of what God is able to do. Yes. And my friends, God's not finished with you yet. If you're still breathing, God has a great plan for you. The best is yet to come. So we just proclaim and prophesy over you. There is hope for yes. everyone. Amen. So it doesn't matter who you are today. There's hope for you today. Uh, I, guess, I think the word we have for you is if you're breathing, go get in the word. Parents, if you've got kids that can't read, go read Yes. over them the word speak over them the word pray the word yes. into them so that you can make the most of your life it's short and uh, we're all going to die so uh, when that day comes uh, let's just have no regrets in heaven that our father in heaven would say well done good and faithful mm -hmm. servant that you you get to look jesus in the eyes and he would say awesome you did it welcome home so with that said today any parting thoughts kara no all right thanks for joining us on this fifth episode of Confessions of a Pastor. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on the journey of Confessions of a Pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.